Chapter 29 SK Leaders Uncovering the Truth After a few hours of sleep, Huta woke up and sat on the bed. After a few hours of sleep, Huta woke up and sat up in bed. The music felt too loud, so he stood up slowly and went to turn it down. As he walked back, he noticed the box wasn't on his nightstand anymore. He turned on the TV to find Chating on the screens, but she wasn't there. He searched the outside cameras, but didn't find her there either. It was already night, and they hadn't had much to do. Huta, where is she? He suddenly remembered where she had been the last time and decided to check there. He made his way to the library quietly. Everyone already seemed to be asleep as there were no other sounds besides his light footsteps. He reached the library and slowly opened the door. At first he didn't see anyone, but he decided to take a look around anyway. He walked around slowly and looked through each bookshelf as he passed until he reached the end. Chayden hadn't been there, but he decided to stay there a while longer. He sat on the windowsill and stared off blankly. Through the silence, he could hear the wind blowing outside. He shivered as his head began to hurt again. He stood up to leave and stretched his arms. He looked around one last time before deciding to leave. However, something caught his eye. One of the books wasn't placed all the way on the top shelf. Huta walked over and read the title. Huta. The hen who dreamed she could fly? Why do we even have this book? He grabbed the book, ready to look through it when something fell. He crouched down to pick it up and look through all the pictures. Chading had hidden as his heart ached. One of the books wasn't placed all the way on the one little. One of the books wasn't placed all the way on one of the top shelves. Huta walked over and read the title. The hen who dreamed she could fly? Why do we even have this book? He grabbed the book, ready to look through it, when something fell. He crouched down to pick it up and looked through all the pictures Chedin had hidden in there, as his heart ached. He clutched the book as well as the pictures and stormed out of the library to rush back to his room. He sat on his recliner and turned on his lamp. He stared at the book cover for a moment before deciding to read the book. Leo and Tail, still in their room. Leo and Tail were still in their room going over the other files on the USB. There wasn't much to use against Hyung Nim or any proof or connections to illegal activities. Most of it was only against the previous chairman, which was dead so he couldn't be brought to justice. Leo had given up on looking and had laid down to read his book. Tail was also getting a little frustrated but wanted to fulfill his promise to Chading. He was going through one of the last folders and came across an encrypted file that was password protected. Tail. Leo. Tail grew excited and hopeful and called out to Leo as he tried to use another software to break into the file. Leo crawled to the foot of the bed and looked at the laptop. Leo. Did you find something? Tail. If it's encrypted, it must be something important. I just need to crack the password, but it might take a while. Leo. What else did you find? Tail. Nothing really useful. Mostly everything was tied back to the chairman. Leo. How is it that we've never been able to pinpoint Hyungnim's identity? Tail. They recruited most of us as teens. What teen keeps up with the news or politics? Leo. Still, it feels like his identity has been in our faces all this time. Tail. We'll find out soon enough. Leo. Hey, bring me some coffee. Tail looked back at him as Leo was getting comfortable again. Tail knew better than to argue with him, so he sighed as he did as he was told. 
On his way to the kitchen, he saw Chating walking back. She looked withdrawn, so he decided to wait to update her once he was able to break into the file. He got the coffee and headed back to his room. It would still be a while before the program would prove successful. In the meantime, Tail took the chance to rest for a while. Leo had stayed awake since he had already taken a nap. He had just gotten out of the shower when he heard the laptop beep. He sat down at the desk and opened the file. Leo. Fuck. He felt his heart race as he checked each file in the folder, growing more and more anxious. He finally sat back and took a deep breath. His hands were shaking, so he tried to calm himself down first. Once he was able to gather himself, he went over to Tail to wake him up. Tail looked up at Leo's anxious expressions and quickly sat up. Tail. Leo? What is it? Leo. Pandora's box. After Chating calmed down, she took a shower to wash away all her emotions and doubts. She stayed in her room for most of the day since she had cried a lot. She ended up falling asleep for a while. After waking up, she went into the kitchen to find something to eat but lost her appetite. After going back to her room, she heard a faint knock on her door. She hesitated to answer but figured it would be Huta. He felt his heart race as he checked each file in the folder, growing more and more anxious. He finally sat back and took a deep breath. His hands were shaking so he tried to calm himself down first. Once he was able to gather himself, he went over to Tail to wake him up. Tail looked up at Leo's anxious expression and quickly sat up. Tail. Leo. What is it? Leo. Pandora's box. After Chating calmed down, she took a shower to wash away all her emotions and doubts. She stayed in her room for most of the day. Since she had cried a lot, she ended up falling asleep for a while. After waking up, she went into the kitchen to find something to eat, but lost her appetite. After going back into her room, she heard a faint knock on her door. She hesitated to answer, but figured it wouldn't be Huta. When she opened the door, she saw Matthew standing there looking conflicted. Matthew. I thought about what you said. Chady nodded and stepped outside. If Huta suddenly decided to check the cameras, he would throw a fit seeing her with Matthew in her room. They went down to the basement and made sure no one else was there before sitting down on a small bench by the door. Matthew. Nuna, you said to follow you if I still cared about why I joined. He paused and wiped his face. It was the first time Chadin had ever seen Matthew like that. He looked like a scared little kid despite his tall and strong physique and outgoing personality. She patted his shoulder and he leaned back against the wall. Matthew. Sorry. Chadin. No, don't be. Take your time. He took a deep breath and started from the beginning. Matthew. Well... Flashback. Matthew grew up in Los Angeles after being adopted by a nice couple that was never able to have kids of their own. They gave Matthew a pretty good life, but one day, someone approached him at school and handed him a letter. Before Matthew could ask anything, the person left. He read the letter and found out that his father was still alive and living in Korea. Matthew had thought about his biological parents every now and then, but had never really thought about looking for them until that letter. He agonized about it, unsure of what to do, but finally decided to look for him after graduating high school. With the blessing of his parents, he took a break from school to find his biological father. Before he could even begin his search, he was approached by some men in suits that dragged him to a restaurant where he met up with someone who looked important. Matthew. Sorry, is... Did I do something wrong? Man, it's about your father. Matthew, oh, do you know him? Where can I find him? Man, 
He's a dangerous man. He killed your mother and dumped her body, but it's never been found. Matthew. What? Then how... Uh, how do you know she's really dead? What What if... Man. We have evidence, but without the body, it's hard to use it against him. Matthew. I, I don't understand. Man. You will soon enough. Matthew. How? Where is he? Who is he? Man. He's a very dangerous criminal. That's all I can say now. With that, the man along with the guards left Matthew to think about everything and jump to his own conclusions. Matthew didn't know where to start his search after that information. Matthew had lived a sheltered life and had never even been in a fight before. One day, he was wandering alone when he suddenly ran into Huta. Matthew hadn't been paying attention to where he was going and almost knocked Huta down. Huta. Hey, watch where you're going, brat. Matthew. Oh, I'm sorry. Huta. What? You're a foreigner. Matthew. Yes, I'm American. Huta. Where'd you learn Korean? Matthew. My parents. Huta. What are you doing here in Korea? Getting in touch with your ancestors? Huta laughed at his own comment, amused as he eyed Matthew carefully. Matthew. I'm looking for my real father, but I heard he's a criminal. Huta smiled widened as he patted Matthew's arm. Huta. The best way to find a criminal is to become a criminal. Matthew. What? No, wait. Before he could say anything more, he was being dragged away by Huta. End flashback. Chading stayed quiet for a moment, thinking over Matthew's story. Something was definitely suspicious about it and figured Hyungmin was planning something sinister with Matthew. She put her thoughts in order to cautiously tell Matthew the truth. Chading. Matthew. Can you please clear away those thoughts about your father and listen to me very carefully? Matthew looked over at her anxiously. He studied her face for a moment before nodding. Chading. Everything I say, I can prove. Your father... Your father is alive. But he's not exactly a criminal. Matthew. Do... Do you know who he is? Chaining nodded and stood up as she held out her hand in front of Matthew. Matthew was feeling distraught and conflicted between two versions of events. He took Chaining's hand and followed her to Tail and Leo's room. Chaining knocked on the door and almost instantly the door opened. Tail pulled them both inside and closed the door behind them immediately before going over to the desk. Chaining and Matthew sat on the edge of the bed feeling anxious because of how spooked Leo and Tail looked. Tail. First. He had turned to face them before speaking. He looked at each of them for a moment before clearing his throat and continuing with what he wanted to say. Tail. <clears throat> Matthew. Can we really trust you? Matthew opened his mouth but couldn't say anything right away. He looked at Tail's worried expression, then Leo's frustrated gaze, and finally looked at Chading's reassuring expression. Finally, he turned back to Tail and nodded. Matthew. I want to know the truth about my parents. Chading. Then, the first thing you should know is that your parents loved each other sincerely. She looked over at Leo and nodded. Leo went over to his bag and took out the letters then handed them to Matthew, who looked over them. Matthew felt his heart race as his chest tightened. He gasped for air as he dropped the letters. He was hunched over, resting his head in his hands. Chading patted his shoulder and looked over at Tail, who seemed to be shaking. Leo, who was usually indifferent and still, was pacing slowly by the window. After Matthew composed himself, he looked up at them again and took a deep breath. 
Tail nodded and motioned for him to take his place at the desk. Matthew slowly stood up and walked over as Tail got up and out of the way. Chading went over to them and looked at the screen. Not even Chading was prepared for what Tail and Leo had found. After Matthew had left Yonguk alone in the basement, Yonguk couldn't control his emotions anymore and threw his tools at the wall while trying to contain his screams. After his tantrum, he calmed down and slowly picked up everything, then put it all away. Since he shared a room with Matthew, he didn't want to face him, so instead he stayed in the basement in his hiding place. He was asleep when he heard someone open the door. He stayed perfectly quiet and still, while whoever had entered looked around. By the sound of their footsteps, he already knew who it was, but wanted to know why they were there together. Upon hearing why he had joined, Yonggook could understand Matthew's decision to leave, but Yonggook didn't have the luxury to leave and reconnect with his family. Flashback Yonggook was always a quiet and shy child, so quiet that sometimes his parents would forget he even existed. They were poor, and it didn't matter how much they worked, Yonggook's father would always spend the money on alcohol and gambling. They constantly lived under harsh conditions, and sometimes Yonggook would starve for days. Finally, one of the neighbors called the police on them, who were about to take Yonggook away when the father attacked the police officer to avoid being arrested. They grabbed whatever they could and left, but Yonggook started yelling and crying for them to come back. They never did, and eventually his grandmother was able to come from the countryside to pick him up and take him to her house. Yonggook grew up well with her for a few years before she got sick. Since he wasn't cared for properly, he developed a stutter and antisocial tendencies. During middle school, the kids went overboard with their bullying that led to Yonggook having an episode. That only made the kids tease him more, so Yonggook began stalking them one by one during and after school. Once he knew their habits, he began to hunt them. He liked it so much that he began stalking and hunting other kids, thus beginning his descent into crime. He hadn't killed anyone until the end of middle school where he came close. The boys decided to take revenge, but by then Yonggook was hungry for violence. They decided to lure him to the gym where they would jump him, but Yonggook had already prepared for something else. As soon as he walked into the gym and saw that the boys were all there waiting for him, he ran back out and locked the doors before setting it on fire. The boys yelled out for help once they realized they were in very real danger, and luckily for them, they still had their cell phones. They immediately called for help, which arrived sometime later. As Yonggook watched from a distance, he couldn't help but laugh as the boys came out of the building crying and shaking in fear. Yonggook was found in his grandmother's house, tending to her. She had been bedridden for years, and the only clean room in the house was where they slept. Even though she wasn't able to care for him for many years, she always remembered he was there and thanked him for his care. The police took Yonggook away and placed his grandmother in a home where she would be cared for, supposedly. On the day of his release, two people greeted him at the gate. Yonggook looked at them for a split second before turning to leave. The man stopped him and offered to take him somewhere to eat. The younger one did the rest of the talking at the restaurant. Yonggook didn't really understand what he was offering, so he stayed quiet and only nodded occasionally. The younger one stood up and sat next to Yonggook, which only made him nervous. Young man. We're actually the same age, so I'm going to speak to you casually from now on, okay? Yonggook nodded and the other guy smiled. Young man. My name is Huta. I'm starting a family of my own and would like for you to join us. I know what you've been through, and I honestly can relate. I don't have any parents either, but I learned I have brothers. See this guy? He's my oldest brother, but he's no fun. I think me and you can have more fun, since we like the same things. What do you say? Do you want to come home? Yonggook looked at them again suspiciously. 
The older man had a serious expression throughout the whole meeting and it seemed like he was indifferent to the whole situation. The younger one kept smiling at him, but Jungkook realized just what kind of smile it was. It wasn't a genuine happy smile. It was a smile that made people's skin crawl with fear and disgust. Jungkook stared back at him and gave him a smirk. Jungkook, all right. Huta nodded and patted his arm. Huta, don't worry. You won't need to talk much with me. I think you and I can understand each other well. It was as he had said originally, but soon Jungkook noticed that Huta had his own issues to deal with and focused on other things, thus neglecting Jungkook until Matthew showed up. Matthew was the complete opposite. His smiles were always genuine and happy, but Matthew was also really good at killing people even though he was hesitant at first. Jungkook helped Matthew build confidence in killing and in turn Matthew stood by his side always. Huta eventually began treating Jungkook like a pet while Matthew treated him as a friend, even if sometimes Jungkook got confused with the two. End flashback. He snapped out of his daydream as he heard them leave and decided to follow them. Since he liked to stalk and hunt people, he was able to follow behind them without being noticed. After they had entered the room, Jungkook approached slowly and took out his phone. He slid it halfway through the door to be able to record what they were saying. After some time, he heard someone walking just around the corner, so he grabbed his phone and headed back to the basement. After listening to the recording, Jungkook grew angry. Jungkook. Matthew. It, if you're go, go, going to die, it, it'll be by my hand. I, I'll help you, you one last time. I'll protect you until you meet your father. Taekyun, as usual, was in his room working out when Minho suddenly walked in. Minho, Huta isn't feeling well, so we have some time to figure something out. Taekyun, I know you want to save them all, but we should focus on protecting Taeyang right now, don't you think? Minho furred his brows, but nodded as he looked down. Taekyun, any ideas? Minho, not really. I don't even know where to start. Taekyun sat on the edge of his bed while Minho sat in the chair by the window. Taekyun, the good thing is he's staying well hidden and no one can track him. Minho nodded as he leaned forward and hung his head. Suddenly Taekyun's phone rang and he checked it but didn't recognize the number. Taekyun, what the? Minho looked up quickly. Minho, what? Who is it? Taekyun, I don't recognize this number. Minho, could it be Taekyun? Maybe, but we have to make sure it's him. The call ended as both of them kept staring at the phone. Minho walked over to Taekyun and sat next to him. A few seconds later, Taekyun received a text message from the same unknown number. Message, I am you. Taekyun looked confused, but Minho let out a sigh of relief. Minho, it's him. Taekyun, huh? Minho looked up at him dumbfounded. Minho, both of you joined for the same reason. To save your girl. Taekyun winced but cleared his throat as he replied to Taeyang's message. Minho, you should call him. Taekyun nodded and he was about to when an alarm rang on Minho's phone. Minho, ah, I have to check on Huta. I'll be back after making my rounds. Taekyun nodded again and watched Minho walk out. Minho walked out and headed towards Huta's room. He knocked but there was no answer. He slowly opened the door and still didn't hear anything. He walked in and stood next to the bed as he saw Huta frowning as he slept. Minho turned to the nightstand and checked 
on the medication to make sure he had taken the proper dosage. As he put it back, he noticed the box was gone. Minho. Chading. He walked out of the room with the intention of finding Chading, but hesitated outside of the door. He sighed and went to make his rounds when he saw her walking out of the kitchen. He hesitated again, but followed after her. However, he saw Matthew at her door. He wanted to eavesdrop, but decided to talk to her later. He finished his rounds and went back to Taekyung's room. Taekyung filled him in on the conversation with Taeyang, and Minho just nodded. Minho, I know you said Taeyang should be our main focus, but I think we're in trouble too. Taekyung, what's wrong? Did Huta say something? Minho, Huta's actually... Huta is sick. He was diagnosed with multiple personality disorder. It got worse as his obsession with Hyungnim grew, and then Chading broke up with him before he could propose. Taekyun. That's why she calls him Minhyuk instead of Huta. Minho nodded inside. Minho. The ring wasn't in his room anymore. I guess Chading has it now. Taekyun. Why does it matter? Do, do you like her? Minho. I do, but not like that. She was the only one I could talk to that understood me. I thought we were the only two that didn't belong here since everyone else was so good at their jobs. If Chading takes him back and things go wrong, Futa or Minhyuk isn't really that bad. He's just sick. Taekyun. If she takes him back, that's her choice. Minho. It puts a bigger target on her back. She doesn't deserve it. I don't want to lose her. Taekyun. Minho. She's a big girl. We can't and shouldn't interfere. Minho. I know, but I'm still worried. Taekyun. I understand, but you need to stay focused. Minho, I still need to talk to her. Taekyun, why? Minho, I saw her and Matthew talking. By the look of his face when Jesse left, I don't know what's going to happen to us. Taekyun took a deep breath and crossed his arms. He nodded before looking at Minho again. Taekyun. <sighs> All right, but first let's meet with Taeyang tomorrow. Then you can talk to Chaden or maybe even Matthew. Minho nodded and decided to head back to his own room. Taekyun exhaled sharply as he sat on his bed again. He wanted to save everyone too, but he had to force himself and Minho to be realistic. Deep down, Taekyun knew the day that everything fell apart was coming. He just didn't expect it to be so soon.